podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, before we get started, just want to talk about a couple of our sponsors real quick. Of course, starting with MyBookie.ag. Guys, head over to MyBookie today. Use our promo code. It's the best time to start betting. College football just started. NFL is right around the corner, and MyBookie is the place to be placing bets this season. We wouldn't be sticking with them, and we would not be telling you to go over there if we didn't believe that they were the best in the business. If you head over there now, they are going to hook you up with a great deal on your first deposit. Using our promo code CAPITAL, C-H-A-I-R, that's CHAIR, they're going to give you a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. That means if you put down 1000 bucks, they're going to give you an extra $1,000 to play with. Also, did you know that you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy or gal that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, I'm telling you, right now is the best time to do it. NFL's right around the corner. College football just started. Head over to mybookie.ag. Use that, use that promo code CHAIR, that's C-H-A-I-R, all caps. And next up, I want to talk about a local new sponsorship that we're very excited about. And that is the Alma Creamery. It's a Kansas State proud family-owned business located in the Flint Hills of Kansas. Since 1946, the Alma Creamery has been making handcrafted cheddar and jack cheeses using local Kansas farmer's milk. The creamery provides many different products ranging from cheese curds to five-pound blocks as well as cheap cheese trays which are perfect for any game day. The all-natural cheese curds come in several different flavors including pepper jack, garlic, dill, Mediterranean, Buffalo and more. I'm obsessed with their garlic. Whoa, Scott just came out of nowhere. I have not had them, and I'm they genuinely so very excited to actually check I, them out. I'm in love with them. The Creamery is conveniently located three miles south off of I-70, uh, exit 328 in Alma, Kansas. Stop by, see the Alma Creamery for all your cheesy tailgate needs. That is our couple of our sponsors. We will obviously talk about one later in the show. Now, let's get to it. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Ooh, Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. Back to the Bosco's Boys podcast. The we are boys up in are the north back, again. Baby. We're up in the north and we're back in a brewery. Yeah, we're in uh, Cinderblock Brewing. Uh, this has probably been, I'm starting to think, maybe our most recorded in brewery when it's all said and done. Um, this is our number one spot in North Kansas City. Uh, I love it. I got their CB007 Saison. Uh, delicious beer, especially since it's. Uh, back to being hot as balls outside after that brief preview of fall. Uh, what do you got there? And it, it looks like an interesting beer over on your side of the table. I got the Key Lime Pie IPA. It's pretty good. Kind of interesting. Um, not sure if I'll get it again, but not bad for one. Yep, good for the weather, for it, sure. Yes, it definitely is. And uh, something that the Boneheads may or may not know, it is your birthday. It's true. Happy birthday. Thank, Thank you, you for sir. recording on your birthday. I brought you a little gift. And a card you can read later. So, uh, if you're smart enough to out, you know, get through the gift bag, open that up. I see some beer. 
Yep. <laughs> I got a couple beers for you. Oh, hello. It's the vanilla pumpkin beer, which I'm very excited about. Thank you very much. Is, are they both the same or are they nope. too different? Oh. Both pumpkin, so though, because we're both pumpkin boys. I'm a big-time pumpkin boy, so we've got O'Fallon vanilla pumpkin beer and then the Brooklyn Brewery post-robe com- pumpkin ale. I will be very excited to try those. Thank you very much. I yep. appreciate it. Definitely. I wanted to give you a little gift on your birthday, and I've had both of those beer and that pumpkin vanilla, one of my all-time favorite pumpkins. So I'm excited to check it out. Yep. I cannot wait to hear your review. Um, So now that Beer of the Pod and birthday gifts are out of the way, it's time for Wildcat Roundup on this Bowling Green preview show real quick. As always, we're going to hit on basketball recruiting, football recruiting, soccer, and volleyball. Big news in the world of basketball recruiting. Grant Flanders helping us out there. Uh, Last weekend, we saw two 2020 targets from St. Louis show up in Manhattan. Uh, Wing Luke uh, Kasupki. 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 Get used to that name, folks, because he actually committed this Tuesday morning. He's a Rivals 150 wing, and I am so excited to get him in the fold with Nigel Pack, who's an ESPN 100 guy. Bruce is starting to stack good recruit on good recruit, and now we're sitting with only one open scholarship, and we'll talk about some of the other visitors later. But were you able to watch any of Luke's highlight film? Because he did help Mocan out of Kansas City win the Peach Jam Championship this past summer. And I think this is going to be one of those guys, those St. Louis studs that we talk about for four years. Yeah, he's going to be a good addition. A 6'4", sharp shooter out of St. Louis. I'm really excited. Rivals top 150. So, you know, Bruce is hot. He's feeling it. Bruce is hot. And hopefully that will result in a couple more commits. Dav- or Davion Bradford joined him another st louis guy on mocan he's a big tall five almost a traditional guy he's touching seven foot both of those guys were around xavier sneak quite a bit as being the senior leader also from st louis uh, davion's recruitment isn't nearly as far along as luke's he's only taken one other visit this summer and he might stretch those visits all the way out into november december before early signing period uh, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens with him. Um, one of the more exciting things that came out of the visits this weekend was a 2021 recruit out of Piper, Kansas. And it's fun to get in on these guys early, ex- especially the local guys. Tamar Bates is his name. K-State later offered him, and that's their first Power 5 offer for Mr. Bates. He's already gotten wa- offers, though, from the big regional uh, group of five mid-majors, Wichita State, Creighton, and St. Louis. He's taken some unofficials there. So it, it is fun to get in on some of these Kansas kids early. I agree. And people that may be concerned about a player that doesn't have a lot of Power Fives uh, offers early, you know, just look at what happened to Nigel Pack. Um, we, I, I like it. I think I've, at this point we can trust um, the coaching evaluations of players um, because they're getting in on these guys early before they – they may be blowing up, so that's a good trend to start. <clears throat> Definitely, and this weekend, K-State has some more 2020 targets coming in for official visits. Another wing, Selton Miguel, combo guard Rod- or Rondell Walker, and Jethro Musandin. Uh, K-State right now, like I said, has one scholarship to open, but we know how college basketball works. 
Um, transfers happen. Guys leave. Who knows? Cartier Jada might, you know, be an NBA lottery pick when, when this year's all said and done. So even if they get one of those guys to commit, you know, after their visits, I'd assume Bruce is going to stay hard on the 2020 class. Yeah, I would imagine so. Um, should we pivot a little bit to football recruiting? Um, picking from the great work of Derek Young. Um, so K-State obviously won its season opener, opener in uh, great fashion, uh, as we all know. Um, and they did so in front of a handful of big visitors. Most of those were committed, such as, you know, Taylor Warner, Will Swanson, Cody Shufflebeam, uh, Nate Matlack, Hadley Panzer, and Sam Shields. The most Kansas boys, baby. Yeah, those Kansas boys. The most significant note of this week comes from the uh, 2021 Rose Hill Kansas offensive tackle Noah Boltikoff. Visiting from the Nichols game, um, just an update is on KSO. We would obviously encourage you to subscribe. Go check that out over there. Uh, Boltikoff is poised to be one of the best pros prospects in the Sunflower State for his class. He's actually spent a large chunk of his life in Brazil, a Brazilian boy. I oh, mean, yeah. Not, I bet you he knows really, some Portuguese. But, you know, I don't know any Portuguese. I don't either. Um, so he didn't necessarily grow up a, a fan, but, you know, he was offered by Kleiman and K-State on Sunday. I tell you what, Kansas high school football is on the up and up. This guy maybe not might not hit the heights of Turner Corcoran, but I think he might be on that fringe three, four star line when the 2021 rankings come out. It's just it's nice to see. It's refreshing to see us getting in early with Kansas guys and maybe trying to build those relationships back up with those Kansas schools. So something we need to be doing, and we are. Yeah, I agree with you. As Derek's been saying from day one, uh, most of the big-time visits are going to heat up during conference play. He's anticipating the Bowling Green contest to have a similar visitor list, some of the more local guys uh, that saw that big opening victory, and hopefully they see another big one versus Bowling Green. Yes, that would be nice. And the soccer ladies Whew. opened up their inaugural Boozer Boozer Park Boozer Family Boozer, Park Boozer Family Park with a frustrating loss um, dominated pretty much from start to yeah, finish but could not score both of us watched that game it was a 2-1 finish they outshot Arkansas State like 30 to 4 Hannah Davis did get that goal but when it's all said and done they gave up two kind of goals against playing some back-end mistakes and uh, they had a shot right at the end went off the yep. post couldn't get the rebound it was a heartbreaking game, and that's just kind of what happens in the quote-unquote beautiful game occasionally. It just doesn't <laughs> bounce your way. However, they did rebound on Sunday, beating the back-to-back -back Summit League champion South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits. They beat them 2-0 behind goals from Ashley Zane and Kaylee Thornhill. Yeah, no, that's a good win because that South Dakota State team, they win the Summit League like, you know, KU wins men's basketball. That's right. a good program. They got a win over, and now – at the end of this week, they're flying out to California. They're playing Cal State Northridge Friday night, 7 p.m., and then Cal State Fullerton Sunday evening, 6 p.m. Both of those games you can hear uh, on 101.5 K-Rock if you're within that FM range. Uh, volleyball, <laughs> you know, they're a young team, ho hoping they can figure it out, but it was rough out in North Carolina. They lost in four sets at NC State lost in five sets to Maryland. They had a consolation win over Austin, PA. Uh, they're coming home. They're playing three games in Bramlage this week and weekend. All games, you can get them for five bucks. They'll be on ESPN Plus and K-Man. It's Omaha on Friday, Clemson on Thursday, 
in central Arkansas on Saturday. Like I said, five bucks if you want to see some volleyball. That's always a fun tournament, the K-State Invitational. Um, I'm hoping to get at least two wins out of there, but it might be another rough season for the volleyball team as they're blooding in some of those really young girls. Uh, you know, lots of freshmen, lots of sophomores. Those ladies eventually will get us back to postseason play. I'm a little worried it might not happen this year. Could be rough this season. Um, and if you're not subscribed or signed up for ESPN Plus, I mean, we're not, uh, they're not sponsoring us or anything, but you can watch pretty much all this K-State stuff on there, um, which is a nice addition. Um, so I would do it. I mean, it's only 5 bucks a month, and you can watch it all. And you can also watch Coach Kleiman's press conferences live and on demand. He had that this Tuesday afternoon. He opened it up saying he was very pleased with the performance, but he did say the team needs to correct some errors that came from technique and, and said something that you never would have heard from the old staff. It's they, they were playing too fast and the Hit, technique yeah. suffered from it. Uh, that's like a complete 180 from what you would have heard from Bill Snyder the past, like, 10 years yeah it's really funny because I mean playing well he did say playing too fast which is (laughs) it's just hilarious to hear that from the head football coach at Kansas State but he does want to play faster in a way getting the play calls in faster on the offensive side of the ball so we'll see how that goes um Chris Kleiman did have a lot of praise for a Josh Revis who he likes to call Revo another Another great nickname. Out He's of, great at out giving of out nicknames. I know, he really is. So I thought Revis played really well. Pro Football Focus thought he played very well. I'm starting to think it might only be a matter of time before he gets back into that starting lineup. Yeah, that would not surprise me um, in the slightest. Kleiman, Kleiman said that the issues with the long rushing touchdown were a misalignment. Says that you know it's something that needs to be corrected and fixed, but... Not much that I'm too concerned about, considering that's the only real gaping hole that we seem to have given up. I'm a little concerned about that because I think that uh, when you're playing a team like Nichols, they were not shifting. They were not doing a lot of movement. So that really comes down to the guys just not knowing where to get aligned pre-snap. Um, yeah, I think that's something that can be fixed, but he called that out multiple times in his press conference, and uh, it's not something I noticed in-game, but it will be something I'm really looking for when we play Bowling Green because he mentioned twice that Bowling Green likes to motion. They like to shift and get you out of position. So when they attack the hole, they have more men. They're outnumbering you at the point of attack. And that's something that he really stressed. And Bowling Green sucks, so I'm not overly worried about it, but it will be something to keep an eye on this Saturday. More praise for players Denzel Goosby and Skylar Thompson for how much they, you know, just care about the program and that the entire team basically looks up for them as, you know, just servant leaders and how they perform on the field and off the field. I think it's – you don't have to hear that from the head coach to see that even going into the season that those guys – are outstanding leaders, particularly Skylar Thompson, now that he's been unshackled. Yeah, it's it's awesome to see Skylar Thompson's reaction in all the postgame media. He, he met with the media again today. Uh, just seeing a young man being excited and happy about playing the game of football, 
I, I just can't get over it. It's something I'm sure we're going to be saying all season. But seeing the way Skyler is on the field, uh, it, it's the way football's supposed to be. And not only off the field, but on the field. This guy, I, I really think he'll be considered an all-timer by K-State fans. I can't disagree with you there. Um, so my favorite guy, Jackson yeah. got a little love, the Seawolf. Uh, he, he originally wasn't supposed to be in the game plan week one. Uh, Adam Harder's injury kind of forced him into the uh, depth chart, into the uh, you know the plans. Uh, he got a lot of praise for his athletic ability, which is funny because a lot of the folks online have tried to you know d- downgrade him because he's a little bit more round than they would hope. But uh, he said the athletic ability is there, but it's the technique in his blocking that still needs to get around. But he straight up said that he will play more four, more than four games this year. So I'm starting to feel a little bit better about our choice to put him on the first-team All-Big 12 team. Yeah, me too. I mean, after watching game one, he looked the part to me. Um, if, if you told me that this guy was an upperclassman, I would have I would not have to question that. Um, it's exciting. I'm, I'm glad for... I'm excited for the Seawolf. I'm just going to hop on board. I'm on. Seawolf. Jackson and the Seawolf um, to be, at least at this point, FB1. Um, and he's going to be on the fast track for that first-team All-Big 12 fullback. Yeah, I just did. I know it. Kleiman did have some good things to say about Barda, and I think that is because he knows the playbook a little bit better and he's more sound in his blocking techniques. Uh, which that is what a fullback is first and foremost. But we saw the very first play he went out, he was open for, you know, would have been a 10-yard toss uh, in the flats. Skyler decided to go a little deeper. I think when it comes time to put the ball in a fullback's arms, it needs to be Jacks. I want to see him truck somebody so bad. I want to see him truck someone get into the end zone, and then I will just be howling and then splashing around <laughs> because he's the Seawolf. Uh, the last thing that I really took from – the press conference was he brought up Joshua Youngblood when talking about the true freshman said that he still needs some more experience uh, brought up some of the other guys saying that they knew the playbook a little bit better but he said that they're starting to design packages and plays for Youngblood to get the ball in his hands just to make things a little simpler for him in year one um, are you encouraged hearing that are you discouraged hearing that and do you think that we'll see him get his hands on the ball versus Bowling Green I'm encouraged from the side that we're designing packages to get an exciting, talented freshman plays. Like we're, we want, we. I'm ex- How could you not be excited having a player that's a freshman and the coach is saying, "We want to get the ball in his hands." It's just going to take be a matter of time. I mean, I'm not discouraged in the slightest to have a true freshman in Josh Youngblood who's not quite up to speed with the game yet. I mean, stuff like that comes only. Sometimes it takes several games to get going, to get comfortable with the speed of the game, the next level. I'm excited. I mean, there's nothing discouraging to me about that yet, especially just after one game. No, I agree with you, and that's the difference between Bill Snyder and Coach Kleiman. Snyder would not even think about playing this kid. Kleiman sees the talent. He's getting him on the field, and he's getting him experience as he learns. Now, will he be on the field – in a tight game versus TCU in a couple weeks if he's still not up to speed? Probably not. But in these non-conference games and in plays and packages that he is up to speed, he's getting them that experience, and that's going to give him a world of good versus running as a practice squad player. So I, I'm pumped about it. And if week two goes as 
we hope it goes, then I expect him to get the ball in his hands at some point. I agree, and I'm, you know, I, I, I'm just really excited to see between Jacks and Youngblood, again, only two guys so far, but true freshmen out on the field. And I think these are going to be four-year starter type guys. So that's it for Wildcat Roundup. It is time to get into the primers, and I'll tell you what, nothing gets me quite primed in bed <laughs> like some blue chew. Blue chew, guys. That's blue like the color. Blue chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you guys know it works. Yeah, and guess what? You don't have to go in to the doctor's office, have any, like, awkward talks. You fill something out online. They send it to you in a very discreet envelope that says Sports Illustrated. <laughs> They're versatile. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full stomach, empty stomach, doesn't matter. And since they're chewable, they work twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. I, so hear, I hear a rumor. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I hear you can get your first month for free, but I don't know what the promo code is for that. That's absolutely true. And let me just tell you what that promo code is. Is, uh, excuse me, where is that promo code? It is Armchair, <laughs> capital A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R. You will have to pay $5 for shipping, but since you guys are making a ton of money over on my bookie, 5 bucks for shipping for your first free month of Blue Chew is nothing. It's nothing, guys. Head over to Blue Chew. Just get it going. Bosco's boys sent you. Exactly. So now we're going to hop into our primers. Bowling Green Primer is from HustleBelt.com writer Zachary Van Nuiz. Z. Van <laughs> Nuenzi. I even got his pronunciation on email. Zachary, I'm sorry. It's Zachary Van Nuenzi. You are giving us our Bowling Green Primer. And then the K-State Primer is coming from the sports director over at 91.9 Wildcat Student Radio. It's Kyle Healy. So you guys get educated. Listen to what these guys are priming you for, and we're going to come back to you with our keys to be. Hello, everybody. I'm Zachary Vanowenzi from SB Nation's Hustle Belt, where I mostly cover the Bowling Green Falcons. I've been invited on this podcast here today to talk about the Falcons in advance for their game this upcoming weekend against the Kansas State Wildcats. Uh, Bowling Green as a school is located on the plains of Northwest Ohio and has a proud football history. Uh, they, they are the school where Urban Meyer began his head coaching career before leaving for Utah. Uh, the, the Falcons won the 2013 and 15 MAC championships. However, Dino Babers left for Syracuse, and Mike Jinks was hired based off of a Google search uh, by the previous athletic director, which obviously didn't work out. The Falcons have won just nine, well, now 10 games since 2015. Like Kansas State, Bowling Green has a new head coach in Scott Loeffler. Loeffler was most recently the offense coordinator at Boston College with A.J. Dillon as his running back. He and his experienced staff have brought credibility back to the program. In week one, the Falcons kicked off against the Morgan State Bears from the FCS, the FCS division, a school that went just 4-7 and seven a year ago but did not have a spring practice due to NCAA violations. The Falcons dominated 46-3, as you would expect, outgaining MSU 620-70 in total yards. Morgan State was just 3 of 9 passing for 24 yards, and the Falcons showed surprising tempo on offense for a run-first pro-style attack. It is hard to draw too much from the performance since it was against a lower-level school, 
uh, and one who did not have a spring practice. BGSU is a young team who has brought in some 20 walk-ons to fill out the roster after defections, uh, like you often see from a head coaching change. After a quarterback competition this uh, spring and offseason, Boston College transfer Darius Wade, who joined the team in August, won the job, and it was Mac West Player of the Week after throwing for 353 yards and three touchdowns in the opener. Wade and backup Grant Loy are able to improvise and avoid the pass rush with their feet. That's a big part of their game that we saw in week one. The Falcon running backs appear to be uh, among the Falcon strengths. Andrew Clare, one of the best backs in the MAC, could likely play for a lot of Big 12 teams and is a shifty type. Davon Jones, another Boston College transfer, is a big body and a powerful runner. Just how powerful is he? He also played linebacker at Boston College. Uh, Bryson Denley, he's another shifty guy. He will also see carries. The Falcons have a lot of size at wide receiver. Uh, Quentin Morris had two touchdowns in the opener. He is a wide-out tight end hybrid. Uh, Christian Sims, another tight end, also had a touchdown, so the tight ends play a big role in the Falcon offense. Uh, their top receiver, um, who isn't a tight end, was 6'2", uh, Julian Ortega-Jones. He had five receptions in the opener. Starting tight end Austin Doris, a grad transfer from Indiana, left week one with an in injury, and as of press time, I am unsure of his status. Their offensive line was dreadful a season ago, but should be improved with not having to pass block on most every play. Uh, the offensive line is experienced with just two underclassmen. Center Jack Kramer is a team captain. The defense was quite porous a year ago, but comes into week two among the NCAA leaders following their dominance versus Morgan State. It is too early to tell if that performance is more about Morgan State or about the Falcon D. I would venture a guess that the Falcons will be improved, but not by as much as we saw in week one. David Konolowski is returning from injury and led the team in sacks back in 2017. Brandon Purse, Jerry Roberts, and Jerry McBride are some other defensive players to note. At corner, Juan Hudson is a true freshman who started in his first game just a week ago and played well. Kicker Nate Needham is experienced, but missed from 51 yards last week. Punter Matt Narano had an excellent week one, including one of two punts down inside the 20-yard line. Bowling Green is improved, but lacks overall depth. Anytime a MAC team travels against a Power 5 school like Kent State or Kansas State, it is a tough matchup. I give Bowling Green a chance just because of the mobility of Darius Wade and the running tandem of Claire and in Jones. I think those guys are going to be a problem for a lot of teams this year. But I think when you look at Bowling Green, they're going to need to really stay healthy throughout the game uh, and they're going to have to limit their penalties. The penalties are a problem in week one and they're going to have to play an almost perfect game to stay in it uh, against a much bigger and, and deeper Kansas State team. Uh, so look forward to a great game. We'll be watching. I uh, hope everyone has a great time out there and I hope you enjoy this coverage. Once again, from SB Nation's Hustle Bell blog, I am Zachary Vanwenzi covering BGSU football. Thank you. Hey guys, Kyle Healy here, director of sports for Wildcat 91.9. Appreciate you guys allowing me the opportunity to do the primer for week two of the season. 
well, last week went about as well as you could really hope for as a K-State fan. A 49-14 win over Nichols started the climbing era off with a bang. Wildcats were up 28 to nothing at half and didn't look back, scoring two touchdowns to open the fourth quarter. The game never really felt close. The big story coming out of this one is definitely Skylar Thompson. The junior QB has had an irregular career so far at Kansas State to this point and struggled last season to grab a hold of that starter spot. But in the here and now, Skyler is climbing this guy. Uh, great performance. He's a stud. He's a winner. Um, and uh, I was so pleased with how he commanded the offense, uh, how poised he was. You know, he'd get flushed out of the pocket and, and, and throw strikes. And that confidence was on display in what was Thompson's best performance of his career. 16 for 22 with a passing and rushing TD, Thompson looked unshakable. The big question going forward, though, is how the versatile quarterback will handle stiffer competition. The Cats go to Starkville to play the Mississippi Bulldogs week three. Coach Kleiman was not shy about shaking up his offensive personnel against Nichols, and you would think that will be a theme that will continue. Three of K-State's running backs rushed for touchdowns, but James Gilbert in particular was impressive, rushing for 115 yards in only 18 attempts. He's extremely shifty, and he's the most physical option K-State has at the position, frankly. Coach K clearly likes versatility at the back position, but look for Gilbert to take on more of the offensive workload in the coming weeks. Jonathan Alexander at defensive back shined in his first game in K-State. His strip and return TD was what really put the game away. A.J. Parker is another defensive back to keep your eye on. He came away with an interception in the last one. MAC opponent Bowling Green is coming into town next Saturday. Head coach Scott Leffler led his team to an impressive 46-3 win over Morgan State last week. This has trap game written all over it, but the momentum of last week's win, especially on the defensive side of the ball, will ultimately be the deciding factor. I say K-State takes it 31-21. Those were our primers. Thank you so much to Zachary Van Wenzie of HustleBelt.com and Kyle Healy of the 91.9 Sports Director. Now that's going to take us into our Keys to V. Boom, and it's time for Keys to V. We're going to tell you how we're going to beat Bowling Green. This is brought to you by our friends over at Alma Creamery. If you need to get some awesome cheese, you hit them up. They're conveniently located just three miles south of the I-70 exit 328 in Alma, Kansas. They're great K-Staters and they're friends of the pod. Go get your cheese there. All right, Keys to V. Uh, I think the team did pretty well based on our Keys to V last week. Let's get into them this week. Grant, give me your first one and tell me why that is your key, your I'm first a, key. I'm going to ride my favorite quote from the head coach. Um, don't fall in love with ourselves. Um, you know, it's easy to do that after you've had a great game. And in game one, and you're getting praise from every direction. And when you've got a game two against a team that's supposedly worse than that team, it's easy to show up and think, well, it's easy to think that you can show up and just do it again without putting in the work. So don't fall in love with yourselves. Get back to work this week. Stay focused. 
take care of business in week two. I like that callback too, Coach, and I think that is something that this team could never do is fall in love with themselves and start reading the press clippings because fact of the matter is this is still a team that a lot of folks had picked near the bottom of the Big 12, only winning five or four games. Uh, they're not good enough to take a game off, so I really like that being your key to V. My first key to V, key to V number two for this game is – Cause some disruption with your front four on defense. Fact of the matter is, I think that was one of the biggest disappointments in last week's game. Yes, Nichols only took 41 snaps. Yes, they only threw the ball 18 times. But you would want to get at least one sack out of there. You'd want more tackles for a loss. You would have wanted to cause a little bit more disruption. So I'm really going to be keyed in on the defensive line, that front four, to see if they can do a little bit better job again versus probably the last cupcake of the year. Yes, um, definitely if we were to key back on something that was disappointing, it was all the hype, and it, it happened last year too, all the hype of that D-line, and then takes several weeks for us to actually see that potential of those players on the defensive line. So I'd, I want to see them clean that up too. My second key to V, and I'm going to play off the new sledgehammer tradition, keep that dog mentality every single week. That's what great teams do week in, week out, no matter what the opponent is, have a dog mentality. Every opponent, they're on the train tracks, baby. We, didn't, we haven't seen that in years. You know, we haven't seen that in years. Um, we used to have the lynch mob, and it would flirt. We would flirt with, can we bring it back this year every once in a while? But we haven't had that killer, elite, winner mentality in what feels like such a long time, even with our best teams. Maybe tw 2012 is probably the last time we've had that. And I, I want to keep that culture going. Keep the dog mentality going. I love what Kleiman's doing. I love that new tradition. And I hope we just absolutely dismantle Bowling Green. Did you see that uh, Mr. Alexander, he was one of the guys who did player availability to the media today. He was still carrying around that sledgehammer. Yeah, I would too, man. I earned, no, he earned it. I, I think that is awesome. I love that these guys are so bought into the vision that they're doing. They buy in. They like that award. They, I don't know. I may, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but just the full-on buy-in to no, this it's, entire stuff. I don't think like, you're reading too much into it. The buy-in, the the just the entire new culture is just so exciting, and it's fun to see. Everyone, top to bottom, coaches, players, fans, enjoying it again. I like we said it, fall, it's time to fall back in love with K-State football. I can't wait to see what the verbiage on the sledgehammer is next week, and I can't wait to see who wins it. So Yeah, is I have a question about that. It's not dog mentality every week, is it? It didn't seem like it because in Skyler's yeah, quote about yeah. awarding it, he said it was the phrase of the week. Okay, they, they will inscribe something new yes. on it every week. I believe which so. Is, We'll see, I guess. Yes, we will see. Um, my final one, and again, I, I, I kind of like how you and I went po not polar opposites, but differences in these key to Vs. You had these big picture. Uh, no, you're laughing. I think this is a good thing. You have these big picture things that are the entire team needs to buy in. And I zeroed in on what were the two biggest disappointments because my final one is limit the drops on offense. Catch everything that hits your hands. Um, I haven't gone back and watched the entire game yet. I've watched some of the clips. I've watched the first 
couple drives, and it's still kind. It kind of it hurts my soul to go back to this, but Malik Knowles drops really you're sticking with me. I think the kid has maybe not elite, but definitely game breaker potential. And seeing those drops just, I don't know, they're just sticking with me wrong. And it's not just him, you know, drops happen to everyone. I just want to see something where if it hits you in your hands, we don't see any of those drops. That might be a little bit too lofty at the end of the day. They're still college kids. This is still college football. But that is really what I want to key in on because in a couple weeks when we're down in Mississippi State, you can't afford to drop touchdowns. No, you can't. You're going to compete versus them for some of these toss-up games in the Big 12. You can't be handing back six points. So that's my final key to V. I like those keys to V. I think um, both of – not just us. Those are two things that – Probably everyone that's listening and everyone that watched the game would want to key on um, defensive line play. They want to see more push out of those guys. They want to see more pressure on the quarterback. And I think everyone's concern, and it's been a concern for years, is drops from the wide receivers. And I think we'll clean it up, especially from Malik Knowles. Um, we've talked about it. I'm not really worried about it quite yet. But, you know, if we get halfway through the season and he's dropping touchdown passes and it becomes somewhat of a trend, then definitely something to be concerned about. But I love I love his frame. I love how crisp of a route runner he is. I'm excited. I, I'm expecting we'll see him in the end zone next weekend. I like it. I like it a lot. So we are going to wrap up the show with our game picks. Uh, remember, our game picks are sponsored by MyBookie. Visit them today. That is mybookie.ag. Promo code CHAIR to get up to a $1,000 match on your deposit. So, uh, hand up confession time. I screwed something up with this weekly pick'em. We originally are going to – we were only going to do 13 games this week. I'm also in charge of a pick'em outside of this podcast. That is 15 games each week. I did 15 in here. So here's my question <laughs> to you, Grant. Do we want to go 15 each week, or do we want to go back to 13 starting next week? The more the merrier, I think. I okay. think. Okay, we are going to start doing 15 games each week. <laughs> um, last week was rough. I went 10-3, and three, hunting some upsets that did not come to fruition. I was on the losing side of the BYU-Utah game and the JMU-West Virginia game. We all lost Boneheads, Grant, and myself on that Florida State-Boise State game. Uh, You know, we should have done better. But now we are into week two. Remember, all Big 12 games plus some national games. We got 15 of them this week, and we're going to have 15 of them moving forward. The first game on there, this is going to be a highly interesting game. Missouri coming off of that baffling loss at Wyoming. They're hosting Neil Brown and the West Virginia Mountaineers who only barely beat the JMU Dukes. The Boneheads are going Mizzou at a 52% confidence. Wow, that's tight. So that is our closest game so far. As much as it pains me to do it, I am going with the defectors. I'm going with the Missouri Tigers. Yeah, this was a hard one to pick because I think this is – just two bad teams, but I'm going with Missouri as well. Um, I think the cupboard is much more bare at West Virginia than I originally anticipated, so I'm going with the Tigers. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm going to filibuster just for a second so you can find me a highlighter or pen so I can mark your picks so I can accurately tell everyone <laughs> what the results were. What And you went with Missouri, correct? Mizzou, yes. Mizzou, all right. Unanimous on that one. Uh, the next game, Baylor is hosting our friends, the UTSA Roadrunners. <laughs> a UTSA fan actually retweeted this. So that is why it is only Baylor by 89%. Um, I'm also going Baylor. I assume you're going with the Bears as well. Bears big. Shout out to our friends and loyal listeners who are Shout out to David. David is the GOAT. Um, So the next one, Saturday, 6 p.m. This is on pay-per-view, so I don't think many boneheads will see this game. Oklahoma versus South Dakota. I got OU. Boneheads got OU by 96%. I assume you do as well. Sooner's big. Jalen Hurts looked a lot better than I anticipated. Man, did you see that quarterback counter run play that Lincoln Riley drew up? Yep. One of the coolest plays I've seen. Yep. Loved it. Yep. Kind of reminded me of an old Michael Bishop run play where they would use the fullback as like a draw, but obviously different. It was awesome. I love that play. Yep, I think they win big, 96%. I'm a little surprised it was that close. The next one, KU versus Coastal Carolina, 6 p.m. The uh, the one who shall not be named is coming back from his very, very, very easy punishment, one-game suspension. The Boneheads, and I think this is the first time they're going with the betting underdog, the Boneheads are going with Coastal Carolina, 55%. I'm going to go with KU. I think that uh, I think that they're going to get this win. This might be their last win, but I have KU. Grant, are you going with the, I believe, Coastal Carolina Chanticleers? Yeah, Chanticleers? they have some sort of absurd name, but you know what? I'm going with the Boneheads. I ride with the Boneheads. Coastal Carolina goes into Lawrence. They knock off the Jayhawks, who are not good. And if last week taught us anything, anytime I'm going against you and the Boneheads, I'm losing. So, uh, sorry, KU fans. It sounds like an L for you. Uh, The next Big 12 game, it's a battle of the Cowboys, Oklahoma State versus McNeese State. Boneheads are going with the Oklahoma State Cowboys, 96%. And Daniel Sams is not walking through that door, so I have Oklahoma State. I have the Pokes as well. Next one, this should be easy, Battle of West Texas. It is Dana Dimmel and Jake Waters with the UTEP Miners versus Texas Tech, 7 p.m. on FSN. Boneheads, 90% Texas Tech. I'm going with Texas Tech. That should be an easy one. Shout out to Dana Dimmel. Uh, he's not actually the bad guy, but that's neither here nor there. I'm, I'm not taking, convinced about that. I'm I taking think Texas Tech. Sucks, but that's all right. <laughs> uh, Saturday, 2.30 p.m., maybe Clemson's toughest game all season as they're hosting the number 12th ranked Texas A&M Aggies. That's number one versus number 12. The Boneheads have Clemson at 92%. I think it's close, but you got to go with Clemson. I'll never pick Texas A&M to win anything. Um, I do think this will be a closer game. Uh, A&M almost did it last season in uh, College Station, but got to go with Clemson, man. Dabo's just built a powerhouse. Another game that is sitting at its traditional 2.30 time slot, albeit much earlier in the year and on Fox instead of ABC, that is the number 25th ranked Nebraska Cornhuskers going to Boulder, Colorado, which used to be a Black Friday special 
every year for the first time since these Benedict Arnolds left the Big 12. <sighs> the line is close. It's two and a half points. Nebraska has the edge with the Boneheads, 57%. I'm going with Nebraska because I think it's almost going to feel like a neutral crowd. Right. I think it's going to be 50 That's exactly what um, put me over the line with Nebraska. They travel so well. They're... <sighs> I hate. I watched them and they looked pretty poor. I didn't get to watch um, the the Rocky Mountain, the Rocky Mountain rivalry, Colorado, I Colorado State. I think it's the Rocky Mountain rivalry. I could be wrong, but they played last week and it was closer for a little bit. Um, and Colorado State is dog shit, but I got to give the edge to Nebraska just because I think they're very marginally better and the crowd's not going to play much of a factor, at least for the home team. Here's another one where the Boneheads are going against Vegas. Number 23, Stanford at USC. USC's actually a three-and-a-half-point favorite on my bookie as of Tuesday morning. The Boneheads going Stanford, 67%. I'm also going Stanford. Both teams are going to be playing with a backup quarterback. I almost went with USC, but I don't know. I, I, I want to go with USC, but I just can't quite do it because I think Clay Helton is just an idiot. Yeah. So if there was an, any other head coach in Power 5, I might be going with USC. But I'm riding with Stanford. Are you going with Vegas or the Boneheads? I'm riding with Stanford. Um, yeah, I don't have any explanation for it. I'm just going with Stanford. Another one that is going to be closer than the Boneheads think on Big Ten Network at 10 a.m., Vandy at Purdue. They went with Purdue 78%. I'm going with Purdue, too, but I think this is going to be a slobber knocker. It's going to be a low-scoring game, and I think Purdue gets a field goal late to win. I will never, ever pick Vandy to do anything either, so boiler up. All right, another early kickoff. Uh, and I'm really sad I'm going to be missing this one because I think this is going to be a sneaky good game. An old school, not really old school, but it at one time was a rivalry. Syracuse versus Maryland. It is on the turf, not the hardwood. Number 22, Syracuse going on the road. Maryland really beat the shit out of Ron Prince <laughs> and Howard. So thank you, Maryland. And that might be why the Boneheads picked them over 70%, but I'm going with Syracuse. I'm going with the Orange. I'm going against the Boneheads. I'm with you on this one. Um, I got Syracuse going into Maryland's, knocking off the Terps. The next one, and I threw this out there just to give a little shout-out to former friend of the pod, Seth Luttrell, something that almost unanimously every time we brought on someone to talk about the coaching search at one point was their favorite. So Seth Luttrell in a rivalry game versus the Southern Methodist University Mustangs. SMU, pony up. The Boneheads are going North Texas, 64%. You can catch us on ESPN3 at 6 p.m. I'm going SMU. I'm going with the ponies. I'm going with uh, the mean green. Um, I think Latrell has a decent team down in North Texas. Um, maybe he can get his 10th win this season for the first time in his coaching career. But um, I think North Texas takes care of business. 11 p.m. on Facebook Live, the Gambler Special, <laughs> Oregon State at Hawaii. 
Boneheads are taking Hawaii at 74%. I'm buying into the Hawaiian spirit. I'm also going to take Hawaii. I'm taking Hawaii, too. Um, watching Oregon State pretty closely against Oklahoma State. Uh, they actually held up in that first half. Defensively, just not good. I think Oklahoma State's obviously pretty decent, but I'll go with Hawaii. Well, what is Hawaii? What are, what's the, their, the, the Warriors? The Warriors? I okay. So all this is my free gambling advice. So feel free to fade me and not listen. Take the over in that game if you're trying to chase your money back on my bookie and watch it on Facebook. I love that they're putting yeah. all these games on Facebook. That's wild. <laughs> That's the power of degenerate gamblers. Yeah. <laughs> Eleven p.m. Oh, it's 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 amazing. I probably will be asleep. The ESPN College Game Day Game of the Week in Austin, six thirty p.m. ABC, number ten, Texas. Yep, I I changed it. It was wrong. I oh. put Arlington on that sheet. It's in Austin. So it's number ten, Texas, hosting number six, LSU. The Boneheads in a close one went with Texas. I'm going with Coach O and the Tigers. I don't want this. I, I want it to be known. I, I will be cheering for Texas, but I'm going with <laughs> Coach O and the Tigers. Go Tigers. So I want it to be known that selfishly I will be cheering for the Tigers um, just because I won an undefeated game. I'm going to Death Valley. We've already talked about it, but go Tigers. And I still think it will be a big game in Baton Rouge and Florida rolls in, but it would be even better if they were both undefeated. So I just like LSU. Just, you, just, you know, I just like LSU. I know. I want Texas. I want. I think it would be obviously very good for the Big Twelve. I'll but be cheering for Texas. Um, all right. That makes sense. You should be. Yeah. I should so, be too. But whatever. Yep. So and then finally, the game we've all been waiting for: K State hosting Bowling Green. And if this didn't quite get unanimous, ninety-nine percent of the Boneheads going with K State. I'm going with the Cats. I'm saying 38-13, a twenty-five point victory. Um, and we're going to see a lot of guys playing. Grant, I assume you got the Cats. Give me a score. Cats, and they cover. Um, I'd like to hear what, what did we – I'd love to hear our predictions for the score last time because I feel like we were honestly kind of close. Both of us picked in the 40s yep. to about like 13 or 14. So I, I said a decent. I, I said 41-7. Okay. I think I said like 42-14 or 13. I don't know. You're close. Um – I think the Cats cover. I honestly think we just pick up right where we left off. Um, I'll give us um, 45. Blake Blake Lynch actually hits a field goal this time. 45-3. to three. We keep him out of the end zone. I like it. I like it a lot. All right. That is our preview show. Uh, stay tuned because on Friday we have a great free play Friday with for you guys. It is former All-American, former Big 12 champion, former Super Bowl champion, Nick Leckie comes on to talk a little bit about K-State. And since he's doing a podcast with BJ Kissel in the trenches for KansasCityChiefs.com, we talk a little bit about our favorite NFL team, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he has some pretty outlandish predictions, not only for the Chiefs, but for K-State. So you'll want to listen to that. Thank you again to our sponsors, MyBookie.ag, Alma Creamery, where I'm going to be getting my cheese this weekend, and BlueChew.com, get your dick hard. <laughs> get your dick hard. 
with the promo code Capital Armchair. And use promo My bookie code promo chair. code Chair. Guys, we love you. Go Cats. So it's fun much. to be a cat again. It's great. Meet me at the Cat Head. I dropped to my knees in that field on your daddy's farm. Ask you to marry me. All I had to give was my heart. While other kids were diving into swimming holes. You and me dove off into the great unknown. We were barely getting by taking care of each other. And I became a daddy, you became a mother Was an uphill battle nearly every day Looking back I wouldn't have it any other way I'm proud of the house we built It's stronger than sticks, stones and steel It's not a big place sitting up high on some hill A lot of things will come and go but love never will I'm proud of the house we built Still working our way through the land of milk and honey At the end of the day, there's always more bills than money I close my eyes at night and I still feel The same fire in my heart I felt out in that field I'm proud of the we built. It's stronger than sticks, stones, and steel. It's not a big place sitting up high on some hill. A lot of things will come and go, but love never will. I'm proud. Oh, I'm proud of the house we Network.